Welcome to another edition of the Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, the one and only Talon Taylor. It is about 64 degrees here in South Florida. It's also February 27th. It's a Saturday afternoon. We are just about three weeks or so away from spring, believe it or not. We're going to talk about the NBA today. It's all, it's all, all about the NBA. NBA standings, NBA rankings, the NBA apps, the NBA playoffs. We're going to talk about a potential Miami-Cleveland playoffs. We're going to get into the Knicks, the chef himself, JPP. Not to mention, I'm going to tell you about my NBA route, Mount Rushmore. And we're going to get into a little bit of my fantasy league. You know, I said, regardless of the top and regardless of the weather, it's always a good time to start talking. So let's wake and take. Thank you again for listening. We're going to start off today by just talking about the Knicks. The Knicks suck. Like, I don't know how many ways I have to say this. How many times I'm going to have to point this out to Knicks fans. How many times I have to point this out, period. And, and this is even as I watch... The Knicks blow out Orlando by 20 points. Well, right now it's down to 15 in the third. As it looks like the Knicks just forced up, just, just got just got a backcourt violation or a kickball violation. They turn over the ball and Orlando misses a shot. And so and that's a bit, and so let's not get it twisted. Orlando sucks as well. New York is 25 and 35, and after this victory. Orlando's going to be 25 and 33. So Orlando only has less losses than the Knicks because they've played less games. Because against a better team like Indiana, the Knicks don't look so well. And, like I said, more importantly, the Knicks suck. As, as, as we talked about the last game, the last time we was on the air, that the Knicks signed J.J. For that, or Jimmer for that, I said JJ for that. Jimmer for that. And talking about the last time we was on the air, I do want to again let you guys know I still am a little bit underneath the weather. So, what you may hear some, every once in a while is me making sure that's lozenger is perfectly cold in my throat so I could give you the best show that I can possibly give you today. This morning. We were, listen, I already had a busy day. I went and watched another kitty soccer game. You know, once again, for, for somebody like me, this is just pure excitement, pure enjoyment, and pure energy. It is it is just one of those events I just, I just get completely warped up to as I just bark random action, random verbs <laughs> at, at seven-year-olds as, as I watch them run up and down a field with no kind of organization whatsoever. And they still look better than the Knicks game. Because the Knicks suck. And I don't, I don't know if the Knicks... They're going to be able to figure out what they need to do. Because I think it's weird. I, I think it's about that time where they kind of try to toy with the lineup. And that may mean bringing Brooke Lopez off the bench. Putting KP at the five. And giving the nod to somebody like Derrick Williams or, or Lance Thomas. And seeing if... One of those, a scene of that combination could start helping them utilize something that, that it looks like they're take that they're taking advantage of as they play Orlando, and that's making it to the line. You have to understand that the Knicks right now are the best free throw shooting team in the league, but yet they don't go to the the line enough times to really make that a significant factor. I mean, it's like it's like being the best of something, but you're so but you do it so insignificantly that it doesn't benefit you, and that's what the Knicks are with free throws. Like the Knicks are one of the best free throw shooting team in the league, but it doesn't benefit them because they don't go to the to the line enough. The only two people that ever make it to the line is Carmelo Anthony and and Derrick Williams. So, on top of them, you know, obviously, you know, 
touching, you know, getting better at or getting more defensive reps, more defensive practices because Coach uh, Rambis wants to get a little, to get a lot, in a lot more defensive drills to get into the tenacity of the team a little, to get into the tenacity of the team because it always looks like they're lacking heart and they're playing from, mm, and they're playing from behind most of the time. As I see Eric Gordon just take a nasty whack over the head by Calderon, they call the foul. So this is gonna be called. I know this is probably gonna be a yeah. The way they call the NBA nowadays, this is probably gonna be a fragrant foul on Calderon. Yeah, that's gonna be a fragrant fragrant foul. Probably gonna be a fragrant one. Knowing just looking at the way that Calderon is as a player is not something that generally he gets caught up in. So this is gonna be a fragrant one, and he's gonna be able to continue the game. So. The Knicks now have signed um, Jimmy Fredette, and they haven't really played Jimmy Fredette. And it's because he hasn't showed good responses to these defensive practices that the team has had. Ooh. As he showed on replay, he took a nasty hit to the side of the head. I don't think he was trying to get him on the side of the head, but he hit him in the shoulder first, and then it just leaked over to the head. So, the Knicks signed the guy on a 10-day contract. And, and, and it's kind of what we thought it was going to be. They were going to sign him long enough to see if he can play. Because I think they had that crossroads. To, to, that they want to give Jimmy for that uh, honest-to-God chance to see if he can contribute to this team either now to make one last push for the playoffs or in the future. Isn't Jimmy, Jimmy for that already in his 30s? Like, I, don't, I don't know if you guys realize this. Jimmy Fredette may already be in his 30s, if I'm not mistaken. Like, 32 or some, some some crazy thing like this. So, I'm out to double-check that. I may have to double-check that. I mean, comment below if, if you know something different. But, <laughs> talking about New York. Finally, 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 finally. The Nets have let go of that thieving, robbing individual known as Joe Johnson. How long? Listen, I said it. I said it sometime last year when I was when I when I told you that Derek Williams was this, that um was was stealing money. Um, the point guard, Derek Williams. And now I told you that this year that Joe Johnson was here stealing money, and no doubt he's gone now too. And. For the first time, the Brooklyn Nets this year looked like a team. Now, granted, it's against Phoenix, which is a team that I, I absolutely... Why is Calderon arguing this fragrant foul? Did he... Oh, maybe... Did he not realize... The, oh, what? I don't know. Okay, never mind. Sidetrack. Calderon is over here arguing the freaking foul. Like after they reviewed it for like eighteen years, he's all of a sudden arguing the freaking foul. Like he didn't hit, whack him over the head. Alrighty. So, so, so even though Brooklyn beat Phoenix, and Phoenix is a team that I, that I told you guys I absolutely adore and love to watch. And Devin Booker had a struggling night. He only had twelve points. Was three for twelve from the field. But I think he went to the fit to the foul line like. Like about six times, made five out of six. And that's where he was able to pick up the majority of his points. That's not really majority when you're talking about five out of 12. You know, but still, a decent amount of his points when somebody is shooting three for 12. Um, the Bro Brooklyn finally looked like a team. And, and, and that was, and like I said, even if it's against teams like, like a, a team like Phoenix, if you were to look like a team at any point in time, it would be against a team like Phoenix because... Remember, Brooklyn is ranked 28th. Not 28th, I'm sorry. I do apologize. They are ranked 30th, 29th, 27th in the NBA, in the power ranking. That is one, sorry, that is three spots higher than Phoenix. So Phoenix is dead last. So if Brooklyn was to look good against any team, it would be against the Phillies, the Lakers, and the Phoenixes of the world because those are technically the only three teams that they're better than. See what I'm saying? So when they look, when I and I said that they looked well, know that it's also relative to their opponent. But you can't deny 
seven players in double digits. That's including Young, Lopez, Brown and Shane Larkin off the bench. Ellerton, Sloan, and not to mention led by Bogdanovich. For, by their forward for 24 points. So, what I said, I've, I've even said this about the Knicks. And I, so I'm going to say this about Brooklyn. That the, where, you're, where you're ranked in the league is, is your ranking. So when you play teams that are ranked lower than you, like, even though it's not something to, to overly celebrate at times, because I don't, I don't like the over-celebration of beating a bad team, but it is something to celebrate that your team is at least doing what they're supposed to do. And Brooklyn is technically supposed to beat Phoenix with Joe Johnson or not. Because Joe Johnson was more of a hinder to their team than it helped. Because you, you saw it. If anybody saw this Brooklyn game, you saw automatically that the flow of the team was faster. The pace of the game was faster. The ball moved more. Joe Johnson has always been a mid-speed ISO guy. Think about Paul Pierce at his fastest is what Joe Johnson is. So picture how fast Paul Pierce is right about now is about how fast Joe Johnson is. Just think about Camilla Anthony. Camilla Anthony is going to be another one of those Paul Pierce, Joe Johnson kind of guys. One of these half-paced kind of guys all the time. More post-up and... And, and spot-up shooter than he ever is, is a mover off the screen. You know, being able to take certain guys off the dribble with more savvy than speed, you know. That's Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce, Camilla Anthony. All these guys are bred the same. And, and you're going to hear me talk about this continuously. Because you've heard it talk, you, you, this is probably now the third, the third breed of athlete well i shouldn't say maybe the third this is probably the second at least the second breed of athlete that you've heard me talk about when it comes to the basketball game you've heard me mention the breed that i believe that lebron james is in lebron's breed is the same breed that is scotty pippen that is andre ingodala that is um draymond green that is, even as he struggles to find his place in the league right now, is even Lance Stevenson. When it, you know, it just depends on how high of a level they can do it at and how consistently they can do it as well. One of these Swiss Army all-around kind of guys. You know what I mean? Decent six-foot-five plus, you know... Guard slash forwardish kind of guys, meaty, stocky individuals that can get rebounds, that can get assists, that can handle the ball, that can dish. You know what I mean? These guys that aren't point guards, but have that have point guard like qualities, but also can get you five rebounds. Can also get you a can also get you a couple, you know, a steal or a block a game. These are the guys that we're talking about, and that's the one LeBron's breed. And then I will tell you about Cabela Anthony's breed. That slow pace guy, that below the rim kind of guy, and yes, believe me, Camilla Anthony is a below the rim kind of guy. Because even when Camilla Anthony dunks, he never really, really bangs on the rim. He always does like a little, eh, where he does this two-handed like put in, or he does that big man hang. You know what I mean? It's never like a, it's never like a banger. It's never a jam. It's never, it's never tomahawkish. You know, never windmillish. You know, any nothing, nothing of that fancy sense. It's usually pretty basic, his dunk game. So, we're going to take a quick break, uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk about, as I told you, my Mount Rushmore of the NBA all time, and is Miami and Cleveland an Eastern Conference final lock? That, and more later on the Mighty Sports Minute. Tired of being bottled with other guys, then head down to Multivest Games and get the value you deserve. Multivest. Find them at 830 180th Street, Miami Gardens, Florida, 33169. 
located just five minutes from Tootsie's and Sun Life Stadium in the plaza across from Snappers. Most games save more, play more. Welcome back to the Body Sports Minute. Again, I am your host, Alan Taylor. And if you're hearing hiccups in the audio, I think I'm hearing it too. So something that you guys may not understand, and I think this may be one of the few times that I'm explaining this. I don't edit this at all. Like, And this is, this is very much as close to, I guess, a radio, or trying to put this out as a radio show as, as I guess I, I tried to get. Where, and what I mean by that is that there's no cuts, there's no edits. Um, I don't add anything in here. I don't add anything to the beginning. I don't add anything to the end. Like I said, there's, there's no chop screws, edits, or cuts. There's nothing to this. I I record. I have my sounds, and I load everything directly into SoundCloud, and I upload it, and I'm gonna listen to like, and I listen later. Basically, I listen after I upload. So everything you get is as raw and gritty as something that could be produced as live as possible. Because as much as this is my podcast, this is also practice for a lot of things. So, as we come back, right? It's, it's, it's something that I told you I've done that's kind of weird this whole entire season. Where, and, and it's probably the first season I've ever done this, this way. And it's, and it's, and it's a lot of reason for, for you guys because I had to figure out who the top five is and... So let me explain. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. As ooh, I just seen Lance Thomas put a bone shattering, ch- chattering screen on an Orlando player. Who was that? And he made and Lance Thomas made it to the line. I don't know what just happened. I really don't know what just happened. I just seen Lance Thomas screen. Somebody pick him off. They must have called a flopping foul. Yeah, they call a flopping foul because because the Orlando player fell completely to the floor, and somehow Lance Thomas is the one that's. I know that individual. Who is number thirty-two for Orlando? I know him. I feel like he's played for Chicago before. I'm trying to see his face. So, like I said, there was something I've done that's weird this season versus as Eric Gordon, or Aaron Gordon just pulls up for a three and he bangs it down to pull Orlando within 11 points of the Knicks with just about six seconds left in the third. I've watched more the power ranking. Ooh, as Melo dishes to Porzingis, and Porzingis flushes it down with a two-hand mamma jamma with .2 seconds left. Put the Knicks up back by 13. So, okay. Got so sidetracked, <laughs> but I do enjoy doing this. I like it a lot of you. It's something I've I've enjoyed doing the last couple of times I've done this show, is actually having a game on in the background to watch something live action sports as I'm giving this to you. Once again, believe it or not, there's always a method to my madness. There's always a reason to do little things like this because you know what? Sometimes they may you may have a television on in the studio. And you're going to have to watch a game, talk about the game, give you a live update, and still talk about what you need to talk about in the course of your day. So, like I said, if I cut away and I cut back and I give you something live, just know that's the way I wanted to give it to you. So, listen, I'm here. I'm here today. We're we here today. Once again, that gives the incredible... Listen, we're in a good mood today. Like, so, we're going to have some fun. My So, as I said, for the third time... There's something that I like to do, and I and I watch the power rankings more than I actually watch the standings. Now, the reason that's weird to me because while the power rankings gives a good understanding of who the top of the league is, and for me also who the bottom of the league is, I also know that that's also where the television time is going to come from. I I know this personally. Outside of the top, you know, superstars that are going to get their television time, I know that that. TNT and the NBA Network and ESPN are going to show you Golden State games. They're going to show you Spurs games. They're going to show you Cleveland games. They're going to show you Oklahoma games. And they're going to show you Clippers games. I know that's those are going to be on television. So I know when I talk about them in a week, you guys are most likely would have caught one of those games. And then listen, I live in South Florida. Miami, New York. See, methods of madness. 
But that's the power ranking. And what the power rankings don't do, and, I, and this is what I've always believed, they don't tell the story like the stand like the standings do. And this section is really here for my I guess my number nuts and my, my sports nerds. Because I've always believed that your the standings is where the story is. And if you look at the standings, the standings almost tell you everything. For for once in a very long time, we have Almost a perfect balance in the NBA. Or uh, as much of a balance as we can get. You have to understand, in years past, there's always been about 10 teams in the West. Because you have, because you have to understand. So, so let's give me the breakdown of what I'm telling you. There's 30, there's 30 teams in the NBA, right? Between or 32 teams, whatever it is. right? And between those teams, there are... Between uh, between those 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 thirty two teams, what's gonna happen is that you're always gonna have fifty percent of the teams that are gonna be above five hundred, and obviously fifty percent of the teams are gonna be below five hundred. And then it's just dependent on how each conference is, on how it teeters, and that's usually how you see uh, how you see the conferences are lined up. So it so usually there are always about fifteen teams above five hundred. That is just how it usually works out. Now, but usually how it works out is that there's usually five teams above 500 in the East, and there's 10 teams above 500 in the West. And then every year we have this parity talk, right? That, oh, why don't we, why don't, I wish we could just get away with the rankings all together and just put them one through 16 and have them done this year. I bet you don't hear that conversation this year. I bet you don't hear that, oh, somebody feels robbed because we have three teams. Nope, you don't have that conversation this year. I bet you don't. For the most part of this year, the East owned the majority of the 500 teams. But when you look at it this year, it is 100% even. And the East still have the majority. We're talking about Detroit, Chicago, Charlotte, Indy, Atlanta, Miami, Boston, Toronto, and Cleveland. All. All of those teams. Or above 500. And all of those teams are. Ooh, as I've seen Derek Williams try to throw one down. I'm sorry. Derek Williams took off and tried to throw one down. And he got met at, He didn't get mad at the rock. I think they called the charge on him. We're looking at about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter of the Knicks versus Orlando. Orlando versus the Knicks, and the Knicks are still up about by 16 points in the fourth. Grant has the ball, and he's bringing the ball up the court. As I still haven't figured out who number 32 is. That BJ... Who? No, that's CJ. What? CJ Watson. Ha! <laughs> okay, okay. I'm glad I got that off my, off my sister, because I was going to kill me. So, sitting at number one, obviously, we have Cleveland... Number two right behind them is, is Toronto. So even as Cleveland sits there as number one in, in, in the in the East, and they are far. And when I say far behind Golden State Warriors, and can't even right now at this time fathom having home field advantage throughout the playoffs, they're even struggling just to maintain it through the East. And this is what the standings tell you. This is the story that the standings tell you. And how was that not a foul? As I watched Porzingis flies to the lane to give the Knicks an 18-point lead with 9 minutes and 30 seconds left to go in the fourth. So the Cleveland can't even relax in their own in, in, in the own conference. Because they're only two games ahead of, uh, ahead of Toronto. Now behind Toronto, you have Boston. Right behind Boston, you have Miami. Now Boston and Miami are, uh, are caught in their own little battle between the three and four seed. Now this is where things start. Um, things start to become. They start to become interesting, and we get to see if we're either gonna have a Miami Cleveland um, semifinals, or if we can see a Miami Cleveland Eastern Conference final. Behind them in the rankings is gonna be Atlanta, Indiana, Charlotte, and Chicago, all sharing twenty-seven losses. Atlanta with 32 wins, Indiana with 31 wins, Charlotte with 30 wins, and Chicago with 30 wins. Yes, I said that exactly right. Atlanta, Indiana, Charlotte, and Chicago all have 27 losses. 
and then pulling up the rear, not making the playoff, not right now in in the playoff in the playoff rankings between the top, and that's the top eight. But sitting above five hundred is Detroit, sitting twenty nine and twenty nine. So you have to figure if Detroit can make their last minute run into the playoffs, or if Chicago, Charlotte, Indy, and Atlanta is going to be able to hold off and and solidify their spots because as you can see, those those bottom four slots in the in the playoffs can can flip flop between any one of five teams. The three and the four seed can 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 go back and forth all season, and and Cleveland has to continue to 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 keep distance or stay ahead of Toronto because they could look at playing Toronto on the road. And possibly an Eastern Conference final. Yes. It could go either way. And I don't know if Cleveland is going to want to come up there. Or go up to Toronto and play them. But remember, when you have Mr. LeBron James, Mr. Best Player in the World, Mr. I got a huge basketball IQ. Mr. I want to turn off my brain and go to and take my talents to South Beach. Anything's possible, like Mr. Kevin Garnett said. So sitting in the West, right, all all in the playoff hunt is Houston, Portland, Dallas, Memphis, Clippers, Oklahoma City, San Antonio, and Golden State. Golden State and San Antonio are only two teams in the whole entire league that don't have double digit losses currently at this point in time. Golden State is sitting fifty two and five, and San Antonio Spurs are sitting at forty nine and nine. Oklahoma City has a little bit of cushion between them and and the Clippers for that third spot, as they're sitting just about three three and a half games, well exactly three games, um, differential between them. Memphis, I am actually a little surprised to not see them. Fall off a little bit more, losing Marcus All, but it's still kind of early, so I'm going to see how they finish off the season. And they're sitting in, in a weird spot where they're not really being threatened by anybody right now. Dallas is sitting at 28 losses. Portland is sitting as as let me let me tell you why, because Memphis is sitting at 34 and 23, and you have teams like Dallas, Portland, and Houston all with 28, 28. Well, with Dallas and Portland with 28 losses, and Houston with 29. And sitting on the outskirts, just one game out on below 500 is Utah, with a record of 28 and 29. So, like I said, this is this is where things start to become interesting, as now the playoff hunt. Like I said, the power ranking, as much as they still do mean something, they start to lose a little bit less value to me right now at this point in time of the season, especially. Because now I'm worried about the playoff hunt. This is now the playoff picture. And in that playoff picture, we could potentially have a Miami and Cleveland Eastern Conference Final. So, and I'm curious, right, if the addition of Joe Johnson makes any kind of difference for Miami. Because... Listen, while Miami fans are probably over here hooting and hollering and clamoring and, and jumping for joy that they got Joe Johnson, the only thing that I see is another person from New York that in the latter part of his life or the latter part of his career decides to move to Florida so he can retire and reflect. Because... I haven't seen Amara Stoudemire do much since he left New York to come down to Florida. I don't I don't see Joe Johnson doing much. Leaving you know, leaving leaving Brooklyn New or New York to come down to Florida. But I do find it interesting that you get a chance again now to pair Amari Stoudemire with Joe Johnson. Because those two guys were paired together in Phoenix. Part of the reason why I decided, why I even liked those two guys to begin with. Before both of them had to leave, you know, one going to New York and the other one had went to Atlanta way before then. So, I I get I'm curious now of what's gonna happen with Miami. Can Miami make a can can I make Miami make a final playoff push? 
or, or another little push and move themselves more into that third spot and solidify that third spot with, you know, with a guy like Joe Johnson on the team to see about if they can upset a team like Toronto to try to make it into the Eastern Conference Finals. But before they do that, they still, even if they do make it into the third spot, I would have to get by a team like Indiana, currently as it stands. Well, currently it stands, they have to get back at, get past Atlanta. But what I'm seeing is that if Indiana stays in that sixth spot and Miami is in that third spot, Miami and Indiana, that's not a walk in the park either. A lot of my, I heard a lot of Miami fans call in the other day and automatically put Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. I want to know... What do you guys think? What do you expect Miami to do this year? Like I said, Miami is currently sitting in the fourth seed. I want to know first, how high do you think Miami... And I'm talking about... Leave, leave me some comments in the comment section below. How high do you think Miami can finish this year? And also, when I say how high, I mean how high in the standings do you think Miami is going to finish this year? And how far do you think they're going to go in the playoffs? We'll leave me some comments below. We're going to go into break. When we come back, we're going to talk about my Mount Rushmore. I'm fancy. They join because there is important work to be done. And only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineering technologists, combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond. They became a soldier. Welcome back, and thank you guys again for listening to the Mighty Sports Minute. I am still your host, Tyler Taylor. I'm still here. As I just watch Porzingis get hung all over as he attempts to try to get a rebound as a Knicks. Still up by 15 points with about seven minutes left in the fourth. So, I told you guys that I wanted to talk about my Mount Rushmore of... The NBA. And I, I guess I guess it's about time. And I, and I and part of the reason that I'm talking about it because as we're watching as we're watching Steph Curry, Chef Curry, as I like to call him, do his thing, it makes me think about all of the other greats throughout history. And not to mention, as we as we watch Chef, you know, Steph, Chef Curry do his thing. No, let me give me give me give me give him his little flame on. <laughs> so as we watch Chef Curry do his thing, also you're starting to hear greats come out and talk about Steph in a way that isn't very appealing. Now we're gonna talk about that much. We're gonna talk about that a little bit later. Of how they're viewing Steph. But right now, we're going to talk about Mount Rushmore and these greats. So the four heads of my Mount Rushmore. And it's funny because most of these guys, I'm going to honestly say I've never watched play. But you don't have to watch somebody play to understand how great they are. And just how when you just like how when you see somebody play, you can't don't be fooled by how great they may look. So in no particular order, I'm gonna start off with Big O, Mr. Oscar Robinson. 
and I'm, I'm, I'm a, and he's one of the guys that have come out lately. As I spoke about Stephen Curry, and and part of the reason that really sparked this Mount Rushmore, you know, conversation in my head. Yes, I say in my head because you know the conversation started in my head, and he's always been one of my favorite players to know something about because he's he's always been a name that I never heard about until I started digging into NBA history, NBA archives, NBA NBA stats, NBA games, NBA anomalies, NBA records. You know, and then you realize that you hear about loosely who the all-time greatest scorer is. You hear about who you hear about you hear about the who scored more points in the game. You hear about who you hear about who's had the best dunks. What you don't hear about is the guy that averaged a triple double for two consecutive seasons. Something that I thought that the only other person that could possibly do that, based off his skill set, would have been LeBron James. He's six foot eight, two hundred and fifty something pounds, and he passes the ball like a point guard. He has those magic like skills. Even magic, see, some of my like. Magic is kind of in that category too. I do apologize that I put LeBron in the makeup of. So, Oscar Robinson has always been one of my favorite players to always know about, and he's one of my two favorite players to always to know about from a very um, early age. It was him and Dr. J. It was it was Dr. J to begin with when I first started watching basketball, right? To know about because once again sometimes you have, you have to dig into history to know about history. But it was Dr. J, and then it was Oscar Robinson. Once I learned more about basketball, because even Dr. J, I believe, has a certain kind of type in the NBA, and their type is and Dr. J's type is more of a presence, right? Uh, they had into the NBA, like 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 I said, like Big O's game, like. So when I th- so even when I thought about Big O, right, Oscar Robinson, like his game made me think about other greats like the Isaiah Thomases, you know, the Clyde Frazier's, the icon Jerry West. You know, I, I thought about guys like that. And I was like, I'm sorry. That's to be something for a guy that could put up a tri- that could put up a triple double for two whole seasons because and the fact that we've never seen it again, and we've seen guys dominate defense. We've seen guys dominate boards. So basically what you're telling me is that if any one of these big men that could easily average 10 rebounds, when their back was to the when, when their back was to the basket, if, instead of thinking score all the time, if they can just find a cutter, I think if every time that Dwight Howard in his run with Orlando, that every time that he made that pass to the, out to that three-point line, it was actually going in for a three-point shot, and he was averaging a double-double and assist. That's, that's the kind of things we were talking about. You understand? That, that it should become that easy to some to some of the players. But yet, here goes Oscar Robinson at the time, running the point guard. I think it was about like six foot three, six foot five, somewhere between there. That's an athletic freak. And putting up double digit points, double digit rebounds, and double digit assist. Dominated the game of basketball. And even in the years that he was doing that, he didn't get MVP. Because he was playing around guys like Jerry West and 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 Walt Chamberlain and sorry Walt Chamberlain Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> so Oscar Robinson, Big O gets my first nod. Now the second guy that gets the nod for me is gonna be none other than Michael Jordan, MJ himself. His earness. His earness gets the nod to me. Not only because he never lost in a final, not only because he broke my heart constantly as he beat my the greatest Knicks teams that I that I the greatest Knicks team that I, I, I ever got the chance to watch or witness live or live through. No, obviously I do know they were greater Knicks teams because you know they were teams that had you know Clyde on them that won championships. But the teams that he beat was the greatest Knicks team that I've ever seen. 
And it wasn't only because of that. It wasn't just the heartache. It wasn't, it wasn't just because of never losing in the finals. It was also because Michael Jordan is the guy that I I that iconalized the game. Like he see his breed is Dr. J and Magic from what they did for the game. The coolness that Dr. J brought to the game, the swag that Dr. J brought to the game, that was fed into through Magic, through MJ. And then MJ, MJ turned that into a billion dollar industry and made the endorsement sneaker television advertisement world of the NBA what it is today. So the guys like Kobe doesn't have 24 sneakers if it isn't for Jordan. LeBron James isn't sitting here with Samsung commercials and already 10 different shoes. You know, Kevin Durant with the shoes. None of that happens without Jordan. There was a certain portion of this of this of, of the NBA that Jordan is single-handedly solitarily responsible for. And he gets my Mount Rushmore because of that as well. Because of the way he changed the game. And because he never lost in the finals. And because he broke my heart as he beat the greatest Knicks team I have ever witnessed ever. Third on my list. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And, yeah, when I think about Kareem, I mean, I thought about the Shaqs and the Wilts and the Hakeems. You know, and Wilt, Wilt, Wilt probably more than anybody else because he had 100 points in the game. But, that's cute. And uh, let me not knock, like, Wilt wasn't also one of the greatest rebounders in the game as well. But... So as I see a Knicks fan, hey Porzingis, take a break from all that dishing and swishing and be my number one by styling and profiling all the way to prom with me. That is a sign from a Knicks fan to kiss off Porzingis during the game. Over here using a little bit of Clyde for the wild Clyde Frazier lingo dishing and swishing. Ha, <laughs> look at her. Trying to get her some DNP. <laughs> so... So I even thought about Wilt, and like I said, as, I, as Wilt is one of the greatest rebounders that we also witness in the game, there's something to say about all-time scorer. It's like I told you that LeBron James may be on pace to be the greatest scorer that, you know, put up most points in the NBA that we ever have, based on the fact that he was also able to start at the age of 17. And he's going to be able, and he's going to be doing it practically into his 18th career. At 38. You know? So, we'll see. But Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has the most points in NBA history. 38,383 points. Don't ask me how I just keep... How I really how I really notice that number so easily. It's just one of those numbers that are stuck in my head. That I know. I've known this for... I've known that number for a while now. I want to say I started knowing that number when I started playing video games. <laughs> More than anything. That's what I, that number really got stuck in my head. Something to be said about all, all times all time greatest scorer. You understand? We talked about this last week. Behind him is Carl Malone. Behind that is Kobe. Behind that is MJ. So there's something to be said about the guy that holds the most. And talking about the guys that hold the most, my list will not be complete without Bill Russell being on there. Because when we talk about the people always talk about MJ being the greatest player that ever lived. Michael Jordan never averaged a triple double for his for for a whole entire season. I don't care. Oscar Robinson wasn't a center. Oscar Robinson wasn't a power forward. Oscar Robinson wasn't a small forward. Oscar Robinson was a point guard. Jordan was bigger than Oscar Robinson. So there's something about the most 
and the guy that did it the most is Bill Russell. Like, I'm sorry. 11-time champ. 5-time MVP. 12-time All-Star. 4-time led the leagues in rebounders. And I don't think that they kept proper... I don't think they kept proper stats on blocks at the time that he was doing it. Because I'm pretty sure he was he had to be the number one block in the league. You understand? He won two championships as a coach. That's 13 rings we're talking about right now, people. He won two championships in the NCAA. That's a 15-time champion. From the collegiate level to the professional level. 15-time champion. Oh, and he won the gold medal. Oh, and he had 12 seasons of, of 1,000 consecutive rebounds. Or 12, consecu or <laughs> 12 consecutive seasons of 1,000 rebounds. Bill Russell. See, when people tell me that Michael Jordan is the greatest player to ever live, like, yeah, he may be the greatest player that, we, that we've ever seen, that I've ever seen. Yes, he is, all day long. Still not my favorite. Dr. J is still my favorite over him. Like I said, Michael Jordan never averaged a triple double for a season. Michael Jordan didn't put up, didn't score 38,383 points for being one of the baddest scores that we've ever witnessed. He didn't do that. And Michael Jordan, for being one of the greatest winners that people like to call him, he ain't win 11 rings. We're going to take a break. Because you know what? Tax season is here. And with the scammers, the fraud, and identity theft being at an all time high, it's hard. To find somebody that you can trust. We all want to go to a company that's owned by our friends and family. Our neighbors. You know what? That's what I did. I went to Al Torres at Liberty Tax. And being a just business for 16 years, Liberty Tax is already the second fastest growing tax company in the country. They have experienced tax reps to help you maximize the returns with, for your hard-earned money. Liberty Tax guarantees an accurate refund or else their services are free. Not only are their services accurate, they're also fast. Listen, I didn't went to do get my, get my taxes done with them. They told me my taxes were going to be done in about 21 days. The return was actually here in about 9. So listen, that's Al Torres at Liberty Tax. His number is 954-727-6218. He's located at 23 269 State Road 7, Boca Raton, Florida, 33428. That's just one mile north of Hillsborough in the same plaza as TW's. Or you can just email them. Liberty Tax, that's tax with two X's, at gmail.com. Don't forget to tell them that Talon sent you. So, finally, the NFL season is done. And, and and we get to hear all these crazy stories, right? The NFL season is complete. Peyton Manning, steroids. Peyton Manning, Tennessee, gate. You know, um, who else is out there? You know, you, you, just, hear these, you just hear these stories come out, come out the woodworks. The latest? Jason Pierre-Paul wants to sue... Adam Shafty or ESPN, not quite sure who he's going after, for leaking out his medical information about his hand, obviously. Because I guess it must be, <laughs> I guess at this point in time, he must, he must be realizing that it's hurting him money. And I guess he doesn't want to give the team the five-figure discount like, like he could physically. Ah! Ah! God, that's my sick laugh. <laughs> uh, right, so. But he wants to sue them. And I guess he doesn't want to give them like a five-finger discount, honestly. He doesn't want to give them like a five-finger discount. So, I guess now that he's losing money, he wants to sue people for his information. And I'm just going to say this. I, I guess I'm, let's make this real simple. As, as somebody coming from a, I guess, a health industry background as well as much as well as, as much as as much as as well as uh, tongue tizzled you know what happens when you get tongue tied right you know you know what happens you my teeth you just have to give him one of those so 
Come on, somebody that has a medical background as well as many things. Jason Pierre Paul may be going after the wrong entity. I don't, I don't, I don't know what right he has to go after Adam Shefty, and I, and I don't know where that legal parameter works with him just being able to report information that he finds out. Because Adam Schefter isn't held to any laws to not leak his client's medical information. That's not the profession that Adam Schefter is in. But that hospital is. That medical facility is. And if Adam Schefter found that out, that means somebody told him or somebody left information left confidential information laying around for anybody to see. And if that's the case, if that if he was told or if information was just left around for him to see and he was just able to look at it and find it, then it's that, it's that hospital or medical institution's fault for not protecting that patient's information properly. I don't know if the hospital can take a preemptive strike you know, and save and 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 save themselves before he realizes that he needs that they need to that that before Jason Pierre realizes that he needs to come after the hospital and not Adam Shifty or ESPN. <laughs> but if they can, then Jason Pierre may have just made a dumb move by arbitrarily going after Shefty and them and not going after the hospital because the hospital can protect themselves before anything before any action comes down on them. I would assume that they're going to. Jason Pierre Paul, I'm not gonna give you the Richard Cranium Award. Is it Richard Cranium? Yeah, the Richard Cranium Award. We're not gonna give you that award today because listen, you're you're not working with a full deck. Handily, that is. Right. But I I guess I can understand you being a little bit upset. Like I I anybody can understand it to be honest with you. Like who wants their medical information leaked out, but just be a pro, word from wise, word from me to you, from one New Yorker to the next. You know what I mean? I think he was also living in Florida, so one, so one, so one Florida resident to the next as well. You're going after the wrong entity. You need to try to sue the hospital and not try to sue ESPN or Adam Shefty. They just, they just utilize information that they receive. They receive a lot of information. You need, you need to go after the source of the information. Now, luckily for you, there's only one source here. The source is the hospital. You don't need to find the individual in the hospital. It just needs to be the hospital. Because like I said, even if it was just information written down on paper, it's not a piece of paper that should have been left for the eyes of anybody that wasn't the patient or somebody that that wasn't directly involved in your medical handlings. So there you go. That's a nugget. You probably will never hear this to find that out. But there goes at least a piece of nugget for you. Oh, man. Last but not least, as we come down to the final closing minutes of the Mighty Sports Minute, thank you guys again for listening, Talon Taylor. And I know I know you probably hear the voice slowly going as as this podcast you know rolls on. Like I said, I had a kitty event game today earlier. I'm still fighting a little sickness, so things are getting rough. Things are getting rough in the esophagus area. You know, things are starting to get scratchy. I'm starting to have to have to have to change up how how I feel the the vibration coming off off the back of the palate to be able to deliver something that doesn't quite put so much strain on the on 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 the on the on the, toss, on, the, on, the on, on the money maker over here. You know what I'm saying? So, last but not least, the chef himself, Mister 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 Curry. Mr. Hot Sizzle, Mr. Flamer! That guy, again. He goes from scoring 41 night to scoring 50 enough a night. And now they're saying that, because as you, as you guys know for, for these video games, that they have a fluid roster, right? Whereas the players' dynamics change from day to day or from game to game, they change how that player's rankings are. And NBA 2K is saying that we can't figure out how to do Stephen Curry's rankings because it makes him seem too perfect. But listen, the guy can shoot. The guy can shoot. Like, I, I seen them give LeBron James, you know, a better ability to make shots. And I've seen them give most other people that can't even, that, that make shots in a way better accuracy than LeBron James can. 
So give the man his dues. I mean, he's not a perfect player, but he's probably going to rank probably ranked about 99 based off of the fact that his mid-range and his three-point and his and his inside scoring or well, his three-point range, his mid-range are, are maxed out. His free throw shot is basically almost maxed out. But his his handles is maxed out. <laughs> his offensive awareness is maxed out. His defensive awareness isn't maxed out, but it's pretty decent. Like I always hear people talk about his about how defensive he isn't, without forgetting that he's one of the one of the um, steal leaders in the NBA. I mean, you have to play defense to, to get steals. Last time I checked, like it could just be me. It could just be me that 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 believes that that that, that stat is tied to defense. But I hear people knocking the fact that he doesn't play defense, Isaiah Thomas, right? But yet he leads the league in steals. Oh, not leads the league in steals, but he, he he's one of the league leaders in steals. And 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 I and I, and I know it's gonna be funny. I feel like I'm, I'm gonna have to find myself coming to the aid of Curry more than I've come to the aid of probably any other player in recent history because I just keep hearing people take shots at him that I don't understand. And also, you know what it also may be. I also may like Curry more than I've liked any other player, probably since Melo. And it may also be because outside of Melo and Syracuse, Curry may be the last player in the last 10 years that I've actually liked since coming out of college. Instead, like, the only reason I watched Syracuse games was because of Melo. The only reason I watched Davidson games was because of Curry. Like, if there if there's a Knicks fan out there that doesn't say that they don't know who the name of Curry was before Curry was a champion, before Curry was an MVP, before Curry broke, before Curry became um, the person that had the more three-pointers in a season than any other person, if there's a Knicks fan out there that said that they didn't know who Stephen Curry was, then they're not a Knicks fan. I'm going to tell you this now. Because from the moment that, that Stephen Curry was on that draft board, from the moment that Stephen Curry said that I was becoming eligible to come into the draft, Knicks fan, oh, he has been on the radar of every single solitary Knicks fan. Knicks fans have wanted him since day one. You know what I, because you know what's funny? I always get a lot of people come up to me like, oh, if LeBron James would have come to the Knicks, I bet you would want him. I bet you would like them. Nope, I wouldn't. No, I would not. But if, but if Melo came to the league, I w- came to the Knicks, I would like it because I was a Melo fan. I thought Melo should have got him drafted ab- above LeBron James. You know why? I'm sorry. I would not draft some no-name kid coming out of high school over the same kind of makeup of a person that just won a national championship on a college level. I'm sorry. I won't do it. People always want to talk about Stephen Curry this and Stephen Curry that. And if he's going to be able to obtain. People keep forgetting that Stephen Curry's also beginning portion of his career was injury prone. Remember, now that we're watching as he breaks everybody's ankles, his ankles could not stay healthy in the beginning of his career. So, yeah, Stephen Curry, outside of Camilla, they may be one of the few people I've watched since, since college and actively made to watch. And I say really, really watch because listen... There's this guy, Ben Simmons, that they keep talking about that everybody needs to watch. I've made at least five five honest attempts to watch his games, and I still can't catch him. I was catching the Steph Curry games. I saw Steph Curry get triple teamed in college. I saw Steph Curry get double teamed in college. I saw the only game that Stephen Curry didn't really put up any put up double-digit points or put up a point, period. I seen all those. I seen those moments. So I saw his growing pains, literally. I told, I told people a long time ago that Stephen Curry was the best shooter in the league. And this is when Melo and Kevin Durant were still one of the best shooters in the league. And I told him just because of simple height alone, the fact that he could still get off his shot over anybody, and we just saw it as he did it over Hawan, Hassan Whiteside. As Draymond Green couldn't get it over him, but he got it over Whiteside. Stephen Curry is a bad man. And I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really happy and really pleased to watch the golden child do his thing for years to come. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening to the Mighty Sports Minute. I am your host, Talent Taylor, and this is the end of the show. Thank you. Stay tuned, stay blessed, and don't stress. Sorry boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down, lay down. <coughs>
always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Sun's out. Where we going for breakfast? Don't want to go far. Rough night. It's bonus track time. Bonus track brought to you by nobody. Sponsored by nobody. This is only meant for nine other individuals. These individuals are in my fantasy football league. This is you, Darnell. You, Lewis. You, Mark. You, Natalie. You, Crystal. You, Fluffy. You, Nick. You, Johnny. Mark, Darnell, Natalie, Crystal, I already, I, I, you all know, Lewis, and Lewis, how about I forget Lewis, because this is all because of Lewis, this bonus track, I, as your league commissioner, have realized I have shortchanged you guys, and Part of that short change is because I've had some other obligations in the last three years and I haven't been able to put my full, undivided attention into fantasy football during football season. During those three years of my absence, you guys have allowed Fluffy to win two out of three years. Out of all people, the Fluster, the Fluffmeister, the Fluffaroonie, the Fluffin' Stuff. Fluff and stuff. Uh, right? We had to hear, listen, we had to listen to that for 48 months. Do you guys realize this? And I blame this all on Lewis. Yes, you, Lewis. You pork and bean swine guzzling motherfucker, you. This is because of you. You did not make the full-hearted attempt to get me to watch the league than you should have. Yes, this is all about the league, folks. The fantasy league, the show the league, this is about the league. So, I am going to tell you guys now, it is mandatory that you guys all watch the league before the start of the next NFL draft or the next fantasy football draft not NFL draft fantasy football draft you know what let's make it by the next NFL draft because I may cause, and you know why because if I make it by the NFL draft, what I have planned for our fantasy football year won't be so surprising to you. <laughs> so, I do promise you as your league commissioner, I will no longer be half-hearted in my duties. Our league is about to turn, about to take a very interesting turn for the better. Hope you guys are ready and I hope you guys are on board. Prepare for the draft. My team! That's not the end. See? I just want to know if you guys are listening. There's actually a couple pieces of business that we do need to discuss. Start thinking of a permanent name for the league. I've been thinking about 
the extraordinary league of inebriated gentlemen. Something around there. We're gonna take votes. Give me some. Give me your ideas. We'll place them into a hat. Take votes. Do something. But that, that, that was honestly the last bit of news that I had. To be honest with you, I just wanted to wait and see if I could get this one in there and see if you still be listening. So every once in a while, especially if I send my podcast specifically to the members of my fantasy football league, and you see that you're all in one group, one in group message. Assume that there's a that there's a message at the end of the podcast waiting for you guys. That's my time. Thank you guys. And seriously, prepare for the draft. Prepare for the draft. <laughs>